0: You know what I want? <laughs> not Samson, Greg. Not Samson! Not what? Not Samsung. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors win 107 to 104 against the Houston Rockets. With Fred Van Vliet back in town to see his commemoration video, celebration video, return video, but not as a, a, you know, a playing member of the Houston Rockets. Pretty good game. And one wherein the Raptors, not technically new look starting lineup, because I don't think the starting lineup will change with Olenek or Abaji back in tow, or now, I guess, in tow recently. And we have RJ, Scotty, Jakob, Gary, quickly. They win their, like, 20 minutes of play. By like 16 or 17 points, they're a huge plus over the course of the game. That's where most of the work was done. We get really impressive performances from IQ in the first half, especially really impressive performance across the whole game from Jakob. He's 16 points, six blocks, three steals, three assists, 13 boards. I mean, just a massive game holding down the front court. Jakob was the best player in this game. Between both teams, I thought he was tremendous. And especially like with Shangun minus 21, only played 21 minutes, three of seven from the field. This is a far cry from what it was the last when they played last week. Like really, really different outcome in this game. The one of the first possessions of the game last week was Shangun getting the ball on the low block, shifting Jakob out of his shoes with like the little half turn, hesitation right to his left hand at the front of the rim. That wasn't the case in this game. And I think the Rockets definitely missed Fred. They were so clunky initiating offense in this game. They didn't really have anybody who could do it. A man, Thompson, I was really, really, like, I would. I've been, I don't know, extremely impressed with his game over the course of, you know, his rookie season, and he was the guy I went to the court today most eager to like photograph and see how he moves and all that kind of stuff up close and none of it disappointed, but he certainly isn't the player to kind of set up the offense and get everything going. Aaron holiday was a plus 15. I think for that reason, the the Rockets were really missing that type of guy. And he played 31 minutes in this game. Um, They missed Fred and the Raptors really took advantage of their lack of ability to get the ball to Shangun in good positions. I mean, there was one possession early in the first quarter. I think it took them 15 seconds to enter the ball team in the post. That's bad. That's really, really bad. Nesta says, a man looks like he just floats when he jumps. There was this one play, um, I think it was in the second half, where Amen and Jalen Green both went up for the same rebound, and they could have, like, locked arms and just, like, floated off into the air, like, forever. But, like, when they got to the rim together, they both just, Whoo! and then grabbed the ball. And I think a man came down with it. But, yeah, some insane athletes on that uh, Houston team. Even Jabari Smith Jr. for his size very unique mover um but yeah the Raptors up for their for their part I mean RJ 21 points on 12 shots I know Scotty had the big assist number at eight RJ very quietly had seven and RJ I think created more layups in this game than Scotty did like Scotty to his credit there's like you know some of those pick and roll passes to to Jakob in like the short roll or the high like high-low feeds to Jakob for like those 10, 12-foot shots where Jakob has great touch. He's able to put them in. There's some of those reads off of doubles where he's able to find Emmanuel quickly above the break for three, or he's like live dribble surveying the court, you know, a little push pass to the corner. Jante hits a three. It's fantastic. Really nice. But RJ coming downhill, not, he just, Made it so easy for guys like getting downhill, getting all the way to the rim, getting the last point of defense to step up, then like a quick wrap pass. So it's not like a 10, 12 foot shot. It's a layup. It's not a three point shot. It's a layup and wide open ones. So impressed with RJ today on offense, like no frills, always punish the rim, bring it there. Eight of 12 from the field, seven assists, only two turnovers, Plus eight he was just immense. Now defense, that's where Scotty. Scotty had a lot of trouble initiating the offense today, but defensively I thought he was awesome. You know, Jakob finishing with three steals and six blocks is obviously absurd, but the Raptors were able to lock down the, the Rockets' deep offense largely because of two guys, and that was Scotty and Jakob. Like quickly and Barrett and Gary, like they all obviously contribute and Gary had like crazy four steals in the first quarter if I remember correctly. His aggression on ball was really nice. And especially when you're looking at like Amen Thompson, Dylan Brooks, and like Jalen Green initiating offense, they're not so used to that level of responsibility, at least not you know, the winning version of it. And Gary's aggression really helped there. But Scotty and Jakob, I thought covered so much ground, were so strong covering that ground and were able to provide like a serious, serious difference. Um Uh, on the glass on the defensive end and also just being like the a blocks between the two of them insane really really impressed i think it was ryan Wolstat who said you know we're looking at one of the better four of 16 shooting games that we've that we've seen you know he i think he said from any player and scotty finishing with like 13 points 10 boards eight assists it's it's a perfectly fine stat line of course Four of 16 from the field is not something that we're going to see replicated from him very often. It's not great. I'm like, well, it's just not good. 25% from the field is not good. But I think that Scotty, the nice thing was like, he managed to impact the four overall. And what it was a really tough game because, you know, he had trouble like attacking downhill in this game. He had trouble attacking in isolations in this game. Both like Dylan Brooks, who is the widest shooting guard. He's just so thick and strong. He was great in isolation against Scotty. I thought he like really, really defended him well. And then also uh, Jeff Green, I thought did a great job using, you know, old man strength and like leveraging angles to put Scotty in difficult positions. He ends up going four for 16, but overall had like a lot of nice little playmaking situations, really pressed on the offensive glass late in game. And I think defensively was really good. <clears throat> Jacob Tarasov says Scotty's passing was amazing. I think... I, I think there's been a lot of better Scotty passing games, especially since like a lot of the. I know sk- there's a few nice skip passes in this game. And then also like the one high low he gave to Jakob. Jakob bricked the layup. But I think like Scotty, just by proxy of how difficult to- a time he had getting into deep and dangerous spots as like a playmaker, I think that this wasn't one of my favorite Scotty playmaking games, to be honest with you. And I think like. I've written the biggest pieces on Scotty's passing, probably in the world for public consumption, where I look at every pass and talk about advantage assists and all that kind of stuff. This eight assists is nice. This was not one of his better passing games, I don't think. Like, honestly, I love eight assists to one turnover, um, but he's definitely had games where he creates way easier looks. Um, I'm looking forward to the adjustments he makes out of this one. And quickly, again, like this is something Darko talked about. <clears throat> Sorry. This is something Darko talked about how the change in defensive approach really affected how the Raptors were adjusting and really affected how the Raptors were scoring on offense. And I think the biggest difference was Emmanuel quickly in the first half versus the second the second half, where the switching that the Rockets went to was able to stagnate what the Raptors were doing. And obviously Darko had um Darko had some thoughts on, you know. Being quicker, making quicker decisions against the switch, how there's new avenues for cutting that open up and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, quickly did slow down. But I loved the start of this game where we were watching Emmanuel quickly kind of get downhill repeatedly. the The Rockets were playing like drop defense, or they were playing like up to touch even, and I think that quickly got the angle, got the edge a lot, and took it downhill. That was great. And then when they played a little bit more conservative. You know he's a guy who likes to pull up going to his right as odd as that is for a right-handed shooter for a guy who doesn't pull up going left he was able to make like a pull-up three going right he was able to shape to what scotty was doing when he got that attention all great things and when they started switching i think that um i think that that was really nice like a really good adjustment that the rockets made and quickly struggled with it thereafter however on the other end, to start this game, I thought that the Raptors did like a tremendous job. Whether it was Scotty at the point of attack, or quickly, or Gary in like lock and trail, I thought that Jakob was awesome in drop. That you know there there were a couple plays like from a man or from Jalen Green, particularly the one where Jalen went left, snaked against the pick and roll, went all the way to the rim, like went shoulder against Jakob, twisted back and banked it in. That's a tough shot, but you look at like the three for eleven he finished at. That's the telling sign to me for sure, and and same thing with like Aaron Holiday, and same thing with like Jeff Green is like, it wasn't easy inside the arc, and I think that Jakob and Scotty did a fantastic job of combining to really protect the paint. And this is a Rockets team; they demolished the Raptors in the paint the last time they played. Um, that's that's kind of what I like. That adjustment is really impressive. Talked to Jakob about it after the game. You know, talked about how nail help supports him as the guy at the bottom of the defense, how it's easier to manage drives and do that kind of stuff. Not something he talked about, but something, I don't know, my job as an analyst is that when nail help comes, you force the pickup quicker. The earlier a ball handler picks up the ball, the easier the job is for the low side rim protector. Why? Because you can start tracking steps. And once a player has picked up their dribble. They have two steps in that. It, that's it. It's a lot more linear decision-making. And when there's linear decision-making, that means the defense gets to plan for something and then do all that kind of stuff. And Jakob, he planned, he succeeded on plans to the tune of six blocks and three steals. And I think a lot of that is because the Raptors were a lot more aggressive at the nail. I think that the Raptors were a lot more aggressive gapping and in driving lanes and i think that scotty really succeeds in that as well and those two held down the front court unbelievably well really really happy with how they played in this game especially on that side of the floor so yeah that's uh that's what i think was really really impressive on that side um nesta says did you get to reintroduce yourself to kelly not yet um i was too busy taking pictures like before the game And then like during the press conference, I'm not going to do it in a press conference setting. I'm going to do it when like there's a one-on-one or whatever. So no, I haven't reintroduced myself. Um, Yeah. Uh, Clarence de la Cruz says some good IQ screening for Barnes on the empty side. And then also Jacob Tarasov says, what should they have done versus switching? This was something I asked Darko about as far as, um, you know, when you have a team switching some of IQ's actions, Does it behoove the Raptors to go to more of those IQ plus Scotty actions? Because Scotty, you know, in theory should have an advantage against the switch, especially if it's coming from IQs, man. A lot of the time that can enable not only him to get downhill if they bring no help, but if they double, a lot of times they'll be doubling off of IQs, man. Right. And that equals more open threes. Everybody and their mom wants more volume from downtown for manual quickly an easy way to do it is to put him in more two two man actions with Scotty. I think that that's something they should have been doing a little bit more often, Jacob. And I think that um I can't say that Darko said that explicitly because I asked about it, so I'm technically it's a leading question of sorts. Um but he did say that he wants to have that happening more often. Um but that was just in general. I can't say for sure as far as like you know, is that what he's saying fixes the switching? I posited that in my question. And he was like, yeah, we're looking to do that overall. So just just a thought. I don't know if that's his answer specifically. Um, Grady in this game, cashes two triples. That was nice. I thought that Bruce Brown had one of his better games as a Raptor. But still, I didn't think it was like... I didn't think it was that good. But also, it was difficult in this game. Like, the starting lineup was where the Raptors made... They hay in the sunshine or whatever the hell the term is everybody on the bench basically had trouble winning their minutes. And Scotty was anchored to the bench to try and help lift those lineups through those minutes. And they didn't win. Like there's a reason that IQ finishes this game, like plus 21 and Scotty's minus two. It's not necessarily because like, oh, Scotty's minus two. It's that Scotty was being asked to carry some of these like difficult lineups. And tonight that didn't really work. Um, and, And honestly, when you look at the other side of the floor, And you see Aaron Holiday is that big plus 15 when the Rockets are kind of going to their second units or transitional units where they have more of that, you know, that floor organizer who really helps some of their play finishers out on the court, whether it's like Jabari or Jeff Green, or whether it's like Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, whoever the hell else needs to be scoring the basketball. Aaron, I think really elevated that kind of stuff. and so. On the one hand, the Rockets lineups got much better and the Raptors struggled with those bench lineups. They, they didn't get as many stops. And obviously, Jakob and Quickly, their pick and roll offense on the other side of the floor was such a big deal in that first half, getting up to that lead. And then that kind of evaporated because they couldn't go inherently to a lot of actions with like Scotty plus bench. They still need to figure out what they want to do. Um, and I think, truthfully, Kelly Olenek simplifies a lot of that kind of stuff. If you have any like, if you have any questions about the in-between lineups and how difficult it looked, like the Raptors had, like they had a lot of dif- difficulty scoring. I don't know about the defense. Like Kelly Olynyk probably isn't going to elevate that. Um, he didn't label himself as a defender in the press conference to open. Um, Jakob didn't label him as a defender when he was talking about what he's good at afterwards, and. Uh... But offensively, he's going to simplify a lot of stuff for the transitional lineups. I think Kelly is a guy who will He will be guys like Gary, Emmanuel, RJ, even like Wara, Abaji, Freeman Liberty. If he gets minutes in the second half of the season or like last third of the season, I think that all those guys will benefit greatly from playing next to Kelly Olenek because he's super, super impressive on the offensive side of the ball, really like a tremendous connector, a guy who can play finish a guy who's shooting helps open up lanes for everybody else. And a guy who's passing is one of the best, if not the best guy, you know, coming off of the bench in a front court as far as passers in the NBA prompts, help says quote, I can see Kelly being the new drought buster End quote. Yeah. I think that's a really great insight. That Kelly is a guy who can move the Raptors through so many advantageous offensive lineups that they're able to kind of like resist and paper over a lot of those droughts. I think that RJ can has been that guy to some degree for the Raptors because he is a guy who just like has put so much pressure on the rim. It's so easy as a big man like Jakob to just shape to the dunker spot if RJ is crashing and you just, you know like RJ has been able to make the way down. If he doesn't make the laydown, you'll have an opportunity for an offensive rebound. If the whole team collapses and the guy from the weak side corner pinches in on Jakob, for example, RJ can make that skip to the corner. He, like, RJ has been able to, when the Raptors are really struggling offensively, just kind of like, if it's an empty side pick and roll, if it's a blade cut, if it's pinch post, if it's a dribble handoff, whatever the hell it has to be, he's been able to, like, put put the axe to the grindstone, get downhill, shake something up, make something happen. And I think that the Raptors will have more diversity in their offense with with Kelly there. And Abaji, I think, you know, something Masai had said um, in the the corridors of the Scotiabank Arena was that, like, you know, Abaji, like, defends the hell out of the basketball. And that's my expectation, too. I think that that's the thing he brings initially. I think if he shoots the ball well, it'll be super easy to – um super easy to slide him into lineups because i think he's going to elevate their pick their point of attack defense um right away and he just has to justify his place on offense by doing that and we'll see what happens i'm not exactly sure how it shakes out kelly's path to minutes is very easy very simple abaji has a couple guys he has to leapfrog abaji definitely the the organization is giving him a vote of confidence certainly but um he still has to come out and make some shots and it, like as far as the tape on uh, abaji like there's not a ton of creation off the bounce or anything like that maybe he has plans for himself to do more he said so today that like he thinks he can show more he thinks he can do more but um he wasn't like he didn't have a super big sell on like you know there's so many things i can do and neither did like you know i think kelly was asked if he if he was at practices or all that kind of stuff. If when you play with Abaji, what do you think he can show? And he was just kind of like, well, he can do a lot of, you know, he's like a Jack of all trades. He can do a few different things. And he didn't really say like, oh no, he should have more of the ball to try some stuff out. Like he'll have more pop or anything like that. Sometimes you'll hear players like go to bat for other guys like that. Abaji, we need to see things that aren't currently on the tape. And that doesn't mean they're not there. That certainly doesn't mean they're not there. They could be existing on the practice tape. They could be existing elsewhere. Um, We just need to see those things kind of start to show up. And the hope is that Abaji, that stuff starts showing up. What has shown up and what will continue to show up is the point of attack defense, which I think is impressive. And um, I asked Arco about it before the game. And he mentioned, like, we're going to try and see that play on ones, twos, threes, fours. They're just going to try and throw them in a bunch of different defensive packages and see how that shakes out. Um, Like I was saying before I started talking about, I guess, the new guys, Bruce Brown, 5 of 13 in this game, 11 points, 3 rebounds. I know people for a while were like pretty impressed with Bruce's game. I still think it was pretty underwhelming. And just with the Raptors right now, I think that they're asking a lot of him. He is a he is like a player who really a connector a guy who is a conduit for stars to connect actions to like reward when they get attention, all that kind of stuff. And we saw like the Raptors only scoring 107 in this game and in the half court getting bogged down a lot. It's not like Bruce Brown gets to like cut off of all this action and, you know, slip into the lane and make a bunch of stuff work. It's he's being asked to like from a flat spot in the offense create and like these like second side actions and I don't think that's really his biggest strong suit understand he's done it in the past and he had a hot run certainly running some actions with the the nuggets during the finals including some pull-up threes and all that kind of stuff but I think we're going to keep seeing inefficient games if he's asked to do this kind of stuff and defensively I don't know if he really brought it tonight either so the Bruce Brown stuff needs to get better hopefully will get better he's a very clever player he has tremendous feel for the game I think the Raptors just need to put him in a role that suits him a little bit better. You know, Jacob Tarasov says, maybe Bruce will pair well with Kelly. I certainly hope so. And I think he should be able to, especially some of the high-low stuff that Kelly's able to provide, all that kind of stuff. Um, Coco says, as an aside, I really like when we know who is on the team and can focus on the basketball being played again. Yeah. And I think, um, I think his Jacob Jakob was asked about that after the game and he had mentioned like, yeah, that helps. He didn't make it sound like it was the end-all be-all or anything like that. But uh, I imagine those are the kind of things from my perspective From because there's like the fan perspective, which is like all like reading the tea leaves mostly. And then there's my perspective where I get to go talk to the guys and I can ask around and that kind of stuff. But not everyone is their full honest self with media, right, obviously. So it's like a little bit more plus reading tea leaves, trying to get that kind of stuff. And you it's really tough to find like a, a quote where a player says, yeah, we didn't know who was going to be on the team, so we weren't trying as hard defensively. But you look at, I think, um, you look at how many points in the paint the Rockets scored, which Fred helped with that, obviously, like just running the regular um, Van vliet Shangoon pick and roll is a huge boon for the Rockets. And he's also been very good at identifying how to get them the ball and the post-entry stuff. But the difference in the the defense against this Rockets team versus the one they played like last week was uh, insane. Um, that's that's just something like very, very obvious. And so you read the tea leaves and you say, it seems like the guys knowing where they are is meaningful to them. Um, Shun Lao says, shouldn't they run more Chicago or Miami action stuff for Grady? He seems comfortable in that action. I I would like to see a a little bit more basketball dedicated towards Grady. You know, he goes two for five tonight. And I think, you know, even, you know, you could do Miami, you could do Chicago coming out of the corners that those are strong side actions, but I think he's also been quite good coming off of like double pins, you know, an, an away stagger, that kind of stuff where he can run into a pass and, you know, they they put him in a very difficult one. They had him. Uh, they give him a grenade DHO tonight, which to me is the biggest vote of confidence for a shooter ever. A grenade DHO is where you give someone a handoff heading into the corner. So there's not a lot you can do with the basketball because you're sprinting into the corner. That it means one thing, right? Like you're going to rise up and try and hit a jumper, a la JJ Redick, or like you know, the championship winning Bucks ran a lot of grenade DHOs for Bryn Forbes because teams defenses typically don't want to respond to those that heavily because you know that there's not a lot of advantages that come along with that play. The Nuggets also run grenade DHOs for Michael Porter Jr., for example. Um, but yeah, Grady took that and missed it. But I would like, like Lao says, should they be running more stuff in this game? Maybe in the in-between stuff, like Grady plays almost 20 minutes. That's enough for tonight, I think um he moved pretty well on some defensive stuff he's going to get picked on and the Raptors do have to like step over maybe a little bit more to help him in space than they would other guys but he clearly has a good idea of how to shape to the ball you know on both sides of the floor so I would like maybe two or three more plays for Grady during the you know during the flow of the game but uh yeah like may like maybe but as far as like Is it a referendum? I don't think so. I do like like what you say, though, is I do like how Grady looks in those actions. Turning it downhill. He does look good, especially, you know, I've talked about this before, but if the weak side defense doesn't start pinching over into the lane, Grady looks really, really comfortable. He has a pretty good sense of like how his lock and trail defenders guarding him. He has a really good read on the dropping defender in those actions, like how much they're going to to give to him, how if they're backpedaling, you know, the cut that's coming from the dunker or the cut that's coming from the weak side or the strong side corner with him, that kind of stuff, I think is really impressive from Grady. And those types of things will end up paying off a lot more in future actions, especially once his gravity and the, I guess, the respect that's given to him as a shooter kind of upgrades over time as his shot becomes more of a vaunted and respected thing. But two of five in this game. 40% from three, 40% overall. It's over the last 11 or 12 games, I think he's shooting like 45% or something like that. Um, yeah, Jacob Tarasov says Alvin did a good job pointing out how Grady's movement and sprinting through actions opened up space for others. I'm glad, obviously I was at the arena, so I have no idea what they talked about or did on the the broadcast. But I love when, whether it's Jack or Alvin, you know, Paul Jones on the radio broadcast will talk about like, He'll get into the types of offense that teams are running, and I really respect and appreciate that because people can learn from that. Um, so I'm really glad, Jacob, that Alvin was doing that on the broadcast. If you want a really deep dive, um, just type in like Grady Dick Raptors Republic, and I have a couple video essays where I go through, you know, how he moves the defense, why it's important, stuff like that. Um, and they might just given that I have more time than Alvin would on a live broadcast, um, you might even get more out of that to to self plug. But hell yeah, Alvin. I love when when the commentators, especially the color guys, um, take time because play-by-play is really tough to do that. But the color guys take time to kind of um, build that stuff out. That's that's wonderful. Um, Jante Kanda a triple. Shared the elevator with them on the way up. Uh, I think S and I were going, and so the players um, they were going to get Jante his own elevator, and Jante said no. I'll share the elevator. S, you know, said man of the people. We all had a good chuckle about it. Um, But Jante, I think a game where, you know, almost 11 minutes played in this game, can the corner three where, you know, Scotty was coming up, comes off a screen, sees the defense kind of pinching into him. I think it was a lefty live dribble, push pass out to him and really like right on the money, right in the seams, cash the triple. Um, This wasn't the biggest game for Jante. And you wonder what Jante's role kind of looks like going forward with Kelly. I wonder, honestly, if we get some just because like Jakob can pass and I know they've been kind of they're not playing like Jante and Jakob together, really. But like Jante can pass, Jakob can pass, Kelly can pass. I wonder if Kelly and Jante get minutes together. I I do wonder about that. I think that there could be some really interesting stuff where Jante is playing more of like the five and Kelly's playing more of the four. I don't look at Kelly as like strictly a a five. I know that helps simplify some of his defensive stuff, certainly. And it might be a little bit hairy to see Jante and Kelly out there together. But I think offensively, there could be some really, really intriguing stuff um, with the passing and the shooting. It's just my hope. Because my hope, obviously, the Raptors win this game tonight. They're not going to win all the games going forward. And I think everybody with like Grady playing 20 minutes, you want Scotty in a game where he doesn't shoot well to still get a bunch of reps and to still try out a bunch of things. The Raptors are not only trying to win games, they're trying to play like interesting basketball. There is a shift now in the organization that like, you know, getting certain types of reps that aren't rewarding in the points per possession might be more meaningful than like winning, you know, a five minute stretch by two points, you lose it by four, but a guy got like six more game reps. That like that could be more meaningful. That could be better. That's um, yeah. I, I think that kind of stuff is worthwhile. Um, but yeah, Wara came in for seven minutes. Uh didn't go well for him, but that's fine. Um, he's played well enough in other games. He should get another crack at stuff. But yeah, this game, I summed it up in a tweet. I'll sum it up here. I think that Jakob was the best player on the floor tonight. He really was tremendous. He rewarded There's so many like intermediate passes that are being made like Scotty passing to Jakob, like 14 feet away where he takes one dribble turns and hits like an 11 to nine foot shot. He makes it look easy. That's not an easy shot. And that's a really wonderful release valve to have. And that's something he can do shaping to drives, making sure he opens up passing windows and, you know, kudos to RJ and Scotty for hitting them, but really kudos to, to Pirtle for being in them and then also as a screener opening up space for Scotty for RJ for quickly especially above all else I think doing a fantastic job there and then defensively he was far and away the most impactful defender he sealed off the paint I thought he did a tremendous job in there and uh, evidenced by the stat line 16 points 13 rebounds five of them offensive two, three assists three steals six blocks I thought he was tremendous and he really held down the Raptors tonight RJ with such a quiet 21-7-5, and five. but that's been his way since coming to Toronto. He had the one big blow-up game against the Warriors, if I'm remembering correctly. I think he had, what, 36 or 37 points. Tremendous. But everything else is basically just like between like 19 and 26 points, super efficient. Some games the assists are low with some good reads. Some some games the assists are like six or seven, and that's awesome. And you're like, holy hell. but. It it seemed quiet at twenty one and seven, and I know there's a lot of attention being paid to Scotty's eight assists, but RJ in those seven assists, some really really easy looks, like just gifting guys wide open layups. Um, tremendous job of like collapsing the whole defense, getting into super dangerous spots, and what he provides to the offense right now, currently nobody else does. And, and like it's the same thing for for Scotty, nobody else provides on the Raptors what Scotty does. He's an all star. Like he he's an all-star. um Nobody really provides quickly's level of shooting, but like RJ, the driving, the rim pressure, he's the only guy on the team who can do it the way he's doing it. And tonight he was really, really impressive. Um, yeah. Pretty good team performance. Obviously they were like, what were they up like 16 or 17? They gave it up in the first half and then they were up 20 and they gave it up in the second half. And, you know, on press row we were kind of making jokes like, is it gonna be the the Dylan Brooks like four point play to win it at the end? because Dylan Brooks had himself a night. Like, he had four turnovers. He was super sloppy early on. He was forcing way too much on offense. but he settled into the game. He shoots eighty percent from three. He was unbelievable on Scotty. really strong game defending Scotty. like really, really impressive. Um Dylan had himself a night back in Canada. um he got a. He got a little video for being part of Team Canada. That was fun. Fred obviously got the big video, like his welcome back, Fred. And he seemed to enjoy that. That was good for him. And Scotty, he got that big, like, all-star video. And I thought it was the biggest applause I've heard for Scotty to introduce a game was... um, when he got announced as an all-star for the home crowd and everybody was like hyping up that was good but in the introductions your 2024 all-star like herbie coon putting that in there a little bit of spice on there it was pretty great like scotty got a lot of love in the audience and you love to see that um scotty is a guy who definitely like he responds to that kind of stuff that type of positivity being shown to him is meaningful to him like some guys shut that stuff off. Pascal famously like shut that stuff off with Toronto after the bubble and kind of like getting all like heaps and heaps of like racist commentary for so long. And just like, you know, there was racist commentary, like crazy racist commentary, but there was also just like regular dehumanizing commentary. So he just Pascal eventually got to a place where he's like, the fandom stuff is fickle. I try not to focus on good or bad, but Scotty is a guy who's like, if it's good, like, yeah, Hell yeah! So the fans like really gassing him up. I think that was awesome. He has such a fun response to the fans. He knows how to play it up. He leans into it. So getting the big thing there was really cool. Um, Nesta says, "Speaking of Brooks, why did they give him a hype video in the fourth? Not the time. Well, I think the Raptors were up by a lot. <laughs> if like if that makes it seem any better, right? Um, but they had a lot of videos to do today, honestly." That's that's probably why. So they put it in the fourth, I guess, (laughs) because like they had to do Fred's, they had to do Scotty's, and they obviously didn't want to sandwich Fred's with Dylan's. They obviously didn't want to sandwich Scotty's with Dylan's because Fred is a big deal. He's coming back. Scotty is a, you know, um, is is an all star. You don't want to sandwich that. And I, I understand that Nesta, like you're saying, he went off afterwards, hit three threes. I get it. But like we we. Maybe I don't know if you asked Dylan, like, hey, did you hit the threes because they gave you, a, like, a tribute video for Team Canada? I don't know. But obviously that can't, like, the game ops are like, it's going here. This is where it makes sense. And they're not like, oh, is he going to hit threes afterwards? It would be funny if he was like, yeah, they shouldn't have played that. They screwed up. Especially if, like, the, the Rockets came back and won or something. He's like, they made a mistake. You shouldn't have gave me praise in the middle of the game. You know, just doing Leaning back like a little mob boss. That would be funny. Um, but yeah, I think they were just like trying to fit it in as much as as much as that makes sense. Um, yeah, that feels like close to a podcast. I know these usually go an hour, I know it's about 35 minutes, but I might leave you guys a little bit earlier than usual. Um, the next podcast is tomorrow night, and hopefully we get a chance to talk about Ochai and Kelly. I'm really excited to see both of them play. Um, I'll be quick after the game because Lewis is going to that one against the Cavs, I believe. And then after that, I think I'll be doing these live streams from Mexico. So, provided like the internet's supposed to be good where I'm where I'm going. Um, GPWW says I just smoked, shaking my head. Oh man, I'm sorry, brother or sister or NB, what, whatever it is. Um, I didn't mean to harsh. <laughs> The vibe, um, yeah, yg7 says, uh, pizza party coming soon. I hope so, man. I'm like, I'll order some pizza, yeah. Um, GPWW says, I was ready for that silky Samson voice, thank you. I'm, I'm glad it's recognized as such. Richard Pilski says, Use the Mexico filter, um, yeah, that would be a really funny bit. Coco says, Will you be with Trey for the Mexico ones for a portion? Actually, I don't know if it's because of the all star break, um, myself. Joshua Codinera, Goose, and Trey will all do a little bit of podcasting from Mexico. Although they might not be post-game podcasts just based on when they'll be there. It might be, um, It might be, I don't know, like a weekly podcast type deal. It might not even be a stream. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'll be talking to y'all over the next couple of days and certainly tomorrow night. And you won't have to wait till midnight to hear me hop on it'll be right after the game with the the insights and as gpww says the silky samson voice um yeah thank you to everybody for listening thanks for letting me go a little bit shorter tonight um yeah and once again actually thank you to everybody who came out to the raptors republic live show i that kind of stuff is really cool from the fact that it shows community support being a person who you know, a lot of your work is kind of like observed and consumed online. Having it kind of grounded in the real world is really nice and really cool. And also those types of events for Raptors Republic just help. Like it's like a fundraiser, honestly, for an independent company like RR, who is trying to bell just laid off like a thousand people. Right. Um, Yahoo Sports folded. Sports Illustrated folded. Raptors Republic is still trying to keep going while also not paying people like slave wages or being like, you know, exploitative in an industry that really is that so those types of things are really cool thank you to everybody to everybody who came out and at the end of the podcast of course if you'd like to subscribe to raptorsrepublic.com and have the means god bless that's um, incredible it's a subscription base is basically what lets us do the work that we like to do and the work that i think we're known for and the free stuff you can like the video while you're here it's free it supports the the podcast and it helps spread it to other people via the algorithm and you can subscribe to the youtube channel if you so please um yg7 says slaves never got wages get this a lot of people in sports media don't get wages for their work it's called an internship (laughs) of course i and i'll say this much i don't i don't want to get into the slave comparisons that anyway i was using a turn of phrase which as you point out, YG7, perhaps I shouldn't be. I think that's um, a, yeah, a good place to start. Exploitative wages, I should say. Exploitative internships. I shouldn't be using the other word as a shorthand. But you say you're messing with me, but I actually see the wisdom in that. Um, Yeah. Thank you to everybody very much for listening. People on the uh, podcast apps, I hope you enjoyed this on your walk or whatever the hell else you're doing. Uh, Thanks for listening. People in the live chat, thank you for always being kind, insightful, engaging, and making this way easier at this time of night. All right, everybody, whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.